and good evening and welcome to episode 293 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamantongwa Kumalo. It's the Wednesday edition of the Private Property Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome to it. You are tuned into the only daily property talk show in South Africa, helping you navigate your property journey. And to all our regular viewers, whether you're watching us on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Instagram, welcome back. You know how we do it every single weekday. You and I have an appointment where we're always in conversation with expert guests who help us navigate and certainly make better property decisions. And talking about talking about making uh, better property decisions, you can of course tune into a whole host of other private property podcast shows across uh, PP's social media pages. I am talking about the first time home buy show that you can catch later on this evening at 8 p.m. where SC Classen is always in conversation with people who've not only walked that first time home buying journey, but have gone on to grow their property portfolio from strength to strength. And every Tuesdays and Thursdays, award-winning farmer Umbali Nogo brings you the farming podcast where she tackles all things agriculture. So if you have green fingers or you want to dabble into a little bit of agriculture, then that is a show that you want to make sure you're always plugged into, always getting, getting really great notes on you know various things around the agricultural landscape. So do make sure that you tune into that show every weekday um, every Tuesdays, rather, and Thursdays at 8 p.m. And every Mondays and Friday, Chad brings you the Home Shoppers Show. where he always takes us through amazing properties that you can find on www.privateproperty.co.za. And if you're in the market for a property or just looking uh, to get a sense of what is out there, then that certainly is the show to plug into. Then, of course, there is myself, Zamantungo Kumala, on your screens every single weekday at 7 p.m. And we're always chewing on something relating to property. You can follow me on social media on at Zamantungo underscore K on Instagram as well as on Twitter. As we're always tackling everything relating to property. And we're doing just that this evening, I think, on a topic that... I, I hold very close and very dear to, to you know to my heart, especially because when you look at different properties in different kinds of areas, uh, today's topic certainly does land itself uh, to some of those areas. We're looking at whether or not it is safe to buy a property without a title deed. And I know that for, for many people, they're already thinking, oh my word, I don't want to get involved. But the reality is there are certain people who probably might be eyeing some properties that uh, may not have a title deed. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you would have seen a tweet that, you know, I pointed out there was an ad that I saw and, you know, that ad said that this property doesn't have a, a title deed. For some, something like that could be a red flag. Perhaps you might think, well, maybe this is a scam. Is this really real? Well, we're going to be tackling that this evening, going to look at what a title deed uh, effectively is and how 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 do you you know go about checking even or authenticating that the person who wants to sell you their particular property is in fact the rightful owner, particularly in the event where there's still title deed issues, and and I I know that oftentimes we tend to find this particular issue in RTP houses, um, and so we're also going to be looking at how do you then um, you know deal with it in the event where there is an RTP house that you're looking at buying or perhaps you've been staying in an RTP house and looking to uh, sell that particular house how would you go about doing so to help us better understand this because it is a legal issue I think this is a 
for understanding uh, the legalities when it comes to this particular, these particular kinds of transactions. We're joined by Ulumpumelelo Kulu, who's a founder and managing director at NS Kulu Incorporated. Ulumpumelelo, good evening, and thank you so much for joining us again. Hello, Zama. Always a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. It's always such a pleasure to have you on on the show. And I can imagine this evening's conversation uh, is one of those conversations that a lot of people who've probably encountered uh, trying to buy or even sell their property, particularly in townships, because I think this is one of those issues uh, and we must be open about it when you have a property in in a township, whether you're looking to buy or sell. Sometimes title deed issues uh, do tend to come up and, and sometimes people don't know how to navigate it. Sometimes people think, ah, it's not really that important. I'll just, you know, I'll just make the payment and, and we'll keep it moving. Before we just look at some of the, you know, the different kinds of scenarios and how we can, uh, you know, probably work around them. Let's first, you know, start at the beginning. When, when we talk about a title deed, what exactly are we talking about? What is a title deed? Well, you're talking about the most important document when it comes to the property transfer process. Um, the title deed is what proves um, that you are the owner of that particular property. Um, it has the name of the owner, their ID, their identity number, their marital status. Um, yeah, so when you see a, um, somebody there um, and it says that they're married in community or property, but they make no mention of a wife, uh, just know that there's a wife somewhere. Somehow, you you know that that wife needs to sign some kind of document in order for the property to be transferred. Um, and they, that 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 title deed has uh, the property description, has the size of the property, um, it has the conditions of title. Uh, basically, those are all the conditions that are applicable um, um, to that property. Um, it has the date that this person took ownership of the property. It has the date um, when they signed the sale agreement. Um, it basically contains all the necessary information that you need to know about that property. Um, so over and above it proving um, that the person who is actually selling you the property owns this property. Um, it tells you everything that you need to know about it. So, for instance, if it tells you that um, you are not allowed to build a, 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 a property uh, that is, I don't know, more than, I don't know, what, 20 meters above uh, uh, sea level uh, uh, so that it doesn't uh, hinder your neighbor's uh, 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 view of the ocean, uh, you need to know all of that. And just now you're planning on building this huge huge uh, home on this property and you can't because the conditions of title uh, don't allow you to. Um, also, um, noise levels, uh, 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 certain certain title deeds contain uh, 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 conditions about noise, about pets, um, about um, whether you can, uh, uh, you know, some of them even contain whether you can slaughter an animal or not. And if, if, if your culture you know, uh, goes against that, then what are you going to do? So you need to know what your conditions of title are uh, based on each and every, you know, uh, single circumstance and based on every different individual because uh, we're all different. 
um, and we all have different requirements. So you need to know that whatever it is that you're buying is in line uh, with you, your cultural beliefs, um, your your ethnicity, uh, everything really. Because I mean, this is where you go. This is a place where you most people will call home. Um, or this is a place where you are going to be making money off. Uh, so you need to know what is allowed and what isn't allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, well, recently, I'll give you a, a more personal example. Uh, my sister bought a property hoping that she was going to uh, rent it out to students, um, only to find that uh, she's not allowed to. Uh, the, whole st- uh, uh, the whole rules of all the town planning and what zoning issues then came into play, but she didn't do all of that research. So over and above looking at um, the actual owner, look at the conditions of title, look at what is and isn't allowed in that specific area as well. Um, Sure, it will save you a whole lot of stress and a whole lot of headache down the line once that property has been transferred into your name. You know, Nubumelo, I, I like the example that you, you've just made of your sister buying a property and wanting to turn it into you know, student accommodation. And chances are, there more often than not, it depends which area in their municipal bylaws about you know, turning your property, for example, into a commune. Uh, you need consent from the municipality and you tend to find that with certain properties or in certain areas, um, you're not likely to get you know that kind of consent because of um, whether it's the zoning or, um, I mean, one of the things that I recently encountered, and I wasn't, uh, I hadn't encountered that before, there was a particular property uh, we're looking at and looked at some of the endorsements on the title deed, and it was endorsements I hadn't, you know, encountered before. Um, I mean, the, the ones that many of us are used to are servitude, so so those we kind of you know, used to, but there were other ones that I actually just hadn't encountered before. So understanding think just from off the bat, especially when you're going to be buying a property and you want to use it for something else either than what you you bought it being used for. And sometimes it's also checking that what it was being used for as you are buying it, they actually did have the legal right to use it for that. Because you'll find some people, uh, perhaps they're, um, you know, the title deed says it's, it's, it's residential one, but they've gone and converted it to either resi two or three, but hadn't actually done the rezoning. So they've, they've built up uh, and, and they're selling it to you as this is an investment. And these are the different kinds of income that we're getting only for you to find that actually none of the rezoning had been done. None of the municipal um, approvals had been obtained. So in as much as the structure is now changed to a different kind of zoning or the purpose of the, um, of the property is essentially changed, you still find that the zoning is still incorrect. So that's such a, those are some of the due diligence things that you you typically need to do, particularly for property investors um, who are looking at beyond just buying a property for you to live in. More often than not, you know, an ordinary person who just wants to buy, whether it's an apartment or a house just to live in, they'd very rarely, you know, be affected by a lot of the uh, what a title deed would say, because for the most part, it would be fairly ordinary things that uh, I think for many might even be boring. But Nobumelaluya now then know that there are also instances that where people do buy a property or want to buy a property, however, there is no title deed um, in place or nobody kind of knows where it is or there's just, it's a contentious 
uh, area. Uh, what does it mean then for people who want to buy a property that doesn't have a, a title deed? How do they go about um, making sure that they're still able to you know, successfully and legally buy that particular property? Mm. I love the term that you used earlier on. You used the term red flag. Uh, that's the first thing that needs to keep pop in your head uh, when there's an issue there with you saying, oh, please may I see a copy of the title deed, you know? Um, and then it's, uh, you know, uh, it's silent or, you know, we don't know where it is. Or, yeah, red flag. So the next step would be you do not pay anything uh, to anybody, firstly, um, because uh, those are the situations that people find themselves in. Ah, oh, no, don't worry, give me 20,000 rand now. And then we will, you know, no, please do not do that. Where you where there is no title deed in place, contact a conveyancer um, so, so that they can do a deed search. Mm. They can do a deed search to confirm that this person actually does own this property. Um, they were, this deed search will also tell you, uh, because it's basically a search that the conveyancer does and they get it from the deeds office um, uh, where that property is registered. So... Um, it, it will confirm that this person, who the actual owners of the property are, um, whether this person owns owns this property by themselves or somebody else, it will confirm their marital status, um, it will confirm whether the, the, the property um, actually has been bonded or not, because more often than not, um, when the person doesn't have a title deed, it's because it's with um, the bank. Um, they still owe the bank uh, money for the mortgage bond that they took when they when they when they when they bought the property. So and the 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 original uh, title deed would be with the bank and not with the with 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 the owner. Um, so you would find that out, and then once you know um, that information, then we can take uh, the steps, you know, to move forward. Okay, then let's conclude a sale agreement. So. Um, now let's contact the bank to find out um, what your bond cancellation figures are. So if your purchase price is this much, and this is how much you still own the bank, um, and this is how much you're still you're going to get out of the whole deal, um, so that it's clear from the get-go, um, and all parties are aware. So you know both parties need to be um, of of one mind. Um, both parties need to be aware of number one what the, what it is that is being sold, um, and for how much um, the seller needs to be happy with whatever it is that they uh, uh, are going to make out of the deal. Because the last thing that you need is for uh, you to maybe uh, pay a certain non maybe non refundable deposit based on the sale agreement, um, only to find um, that the seller is actually not uh, very happy with what they're going to get out and now they're trying to, uh, you know, get more money um, from you. And you're like, no, 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 but this is what we agreed on. And then, you know, the court processes then need to come about. That's the last thing that you need. So both parties need to be of one mind and needs to be clear from the get-go um, exactly uh, what the purchase price is, what is being sold. Um, uh, uh, the most important thing, though, Izama, that I need to... Uh, elaborate on is no money before transfer. 
whether there is a title deed, even if you can see the title deed and, you know, it's, it's, it's perfect, it, it, it has the name of, 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 of the person who is selling you the property and everything looks hunky-dory, you know, and the purchase price is just right, no money is going to be handed over to the seller prior to transfer. On the, the, the money uh, for the purchase price is going to be handed over to the seller on the same date that you as the purchaser uh, then get a, a, a transfer of the property. So it's, it's, a, it's a handover. It's, it's actually a, a switch. You get the money, I get the property. And I can never, never stress this enough. So get your conveyancer involved as soon as possible. Um, and mm -hmm. I'd actually say from the sale agreement. From day one. From mm -hmm. day one. And I think, Mumelelo, this is probably also why it's so important to have a conveyancer in place because I think with, the, I mean, there's certainly certain instances where people think you can sell your property without having uh, a conveyancer in. Uh, you'll just need to, you know, sign that this is my property. I'm handing it over, or I'm selling it to Azusa Mantung. I'm selling, I'm selling my property to Numpumelelo, and here is a, 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 you know, copy of my ID, and it's been certified. And then, and then thinking that that alone is sufficient for the sale of the property to go through. And, and, and I've seen way too many people, unfortunately, get scammed in that way because by virtue of not having uh, uh, you know, an attorney handling or certainly a conveyancer handling the, the transfer, monies being, if monies are being sent, being sent to the trust account and ensuring that you know, all the legal due diligence is actually done. I've seen a lot of people unfortunately lose money that way. And because a lot of people also just tend to not know, uh, I mean, I always joke about how I found out, we'll call it the hard way about how you know a property transaction when you're buying a bonded property has two attorneys instead of you know instead of one. So you could very well be in the same position, except this time you also don't know that there has to be an attorney to even begin with. So those are some of the mistakes that we certainly want to make sure that you do not make at home or that your friends and family uh, do not make. So perhaps you are aware that there has to be somebody who has a legal background who assists, but somebody in who's your friend or family might not have that same knowledge. Now, Numbumela, one of the things that you and I also know is that more often than not, the, the types of properties that would lend themselves to um, these kinds of issues are, you know, typically RDP houses or sometimes, um, you know, properties, whether Ekasi or even in rural areas. And when I say rural areas, we're not even talking necessarily on tribal land, but just it, it's in the rural area. It may belong or may have belonged to the family. And now maybe the kids want to sell. Um, how do we then go about you know, selling that particular property or buying that particular property when we know that um, there's still contentious issues around the title deed? Okay. Um Zama, the one thing that I have seen a lot, and I know you've also heard of, is, uh, and this is, is very prevalent with RDP houses and, and houses in the, in the township as well. Oh, no, we went to the police station and we signed an affidavit. And, uh, yeah, here's my affidavit. Everybody, that affidavit will be null and void and it will not stand in court at all. Um, there is no... Uh, no, we send an affidavit uh, for this RDP house, and 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 and, and so yeah, it's, it's it's valid and binding, uh, and this goes back to you get the convincer involved from the get go. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. So what typically happens a lot with RDP houses, and this is what a lot of people don't know, and this is why it's very important to view the title deed and look at the conditions of title that we were talking about. And if you don't have any idea about what these conditions of title are, you immediately get a specialist involved. Your typical RDP houses, the once the, the you know the government issues uh, or, or grants you an RDP house, okay, normally you would you would move into the RDP house. And then um, they would issue you with a title deed. And what that, one of the conditions of the title deed is that you are not to sell, transfer, or alienate that property within a period of eight years, okay, uh, from the date of registration or that that, that, that that property will be registered in your name. Okay. And then what you typically find is because a lot of people will people get these properties for free. They then think, ah, I'll make a quick buck, you know. And then you, on the other hand, or the purchaser, you're like, ah, I can get, you know, a four-roomed house for, what, 20,000 rand or 50,000 rand. Yeah, 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 I'm going to buy it. Um, what's going to happen is that you're going to, the government will, it can actually confiscate that RDP house and you're going to get evicted because you were not supposed to buy that property um, from the beneficiary in the first place. And you coming in now and saying, oh, no, but here's a sale agreement that we signed. That sale agreement is, is null and void because the condition of title specifically says that there is to be no sale, transfer, or alienation of that property within a certain period of time. After a period of eight years, Okay, um, and I've never seen an RDP house uh, or an RDP title deed um, where the condition of title is longer than eight years. So what will typically happen is that after the period of eight years has 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 lapsed, okay, then um, the council will give you consent to then you know you can then transfer that property um, to whomever um, can valuate it, you know, for however much. Um, a lot, there are a lot of people in this country who do not have housing. And the whole purpose of, of RDP houses um, is because in this country we have a constitution and Section 26 of that constitution specifically says that everybody has the right to adequate housing. So the government is trying very, very hard to make sure that everybody who is in need of a house, um, you know, has adequate housing. Mm-hmm. And now you, you, you have people who are then um, benefiting um, from these uh, uh, properties uh, 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 illegally, um, and whilst there are people who, who who need those houses, who genuinely need a safe place to call home, so your affidavit or your sale agreement that you have signed, without checking the conditions of title, will not stand um, in any court of law. So you need to be very, very, very careful. We see it a lot uh, where you paid already. Uh, what what happens a lot as well is that you say, so you pay the person who owns this, this, this uh, who has benefited uh, um, from this RDP, who is the beneficiary, and they actually give you the title deed and say, okay, here it is, take it. It's the original, yeah, but it has their name on it and not yours. And then you give them the money and then they vanish 
and then you live on the property and you think, yay, I've got a property. You don't have a property registered in your name. That property is not yours. It actually belongs mm. to the state. Um, and then after a period of eight years, it actually it, it then belongs to the beneficiary, not you. And mm. any any agreement that you guys sign before then, unfortunately, is null and void. And mm. if you get uh, you know evicted of uh, you know evicted by the state, then uh, you know that property gets confiscated. You know, there's absolutely nothing that we can do to assist you. Nobody can assist you actually. No, no police, no, no one because you know you, you did not read those conditions of title and you know a lot of people are scared to approach conventions because they think, oh my goodness i don't have money you know doing a simple a deed search or just you know requesting a conventor such as myself to look at that title deed for you um compared to the twenty thousand or twenty five thousand or thirty thousand however much you're going to be paying uh thinking that uh, you know this is the this is the purchase price and you know this is what the property is worth is way less, um, you know. Um, so you know, weigh, weigh, weigh your options. Um, it, it really doesn't cost that much to get a, a, a deed search. In fact, you can go to the deeds office yourself and say, "May I please have a, you know, a, a deed search on this property? I just want to check." You know, you don't even have to get a comment. Go yourself. It's a, it's a, it's a it's a government uh, um, office, so it's free to the, to the public. You can go and request a title deed. No one is going to turn you away. You know, mm. request a copy of that type of legal or a deed search. Mm. We are taking your questions and comments at home this evening. As we look at whether or not it's safe to buy a property without a title deed, I'm joined by Nungumile Logulu, who's a founder and managing director at NS uh, Gulu Incorporated. And to go to your questions and comments, we've got a comment here on Facebook from Utamigam Somi. And, and you've, you've actually answered his question. The, the question was, how safe is it to buy the house or a stand um, in rural areas so where it belongs to the chief, where you don't get a title deed? And, and, the, and then he goes on to say, does doing an affidavit with the seller guarantee a smooth transition and future growth? You've already gotten a, a response to that one. Um, Tami, glad Shirinda are saying, I requested a title deed from RDP owner before listing and I was given a letter of acquittal and he said, yeah, I got this house sister. Uh, a, a question coming through from, um, from Utepo Moses Mkhubudi and um, with that actually we'll do Tepo's question uh, slightly later on. I want to uh, squeeze in Bamzi's question on Instagram saying that, can I do the deed search myself? And you already started answering that. Where are the different places they can do to do a deed search? I mean, I know where I, I would typically go. Sometimes the reports you, you kind of pay for because it, it wouldn't necessarily be for, you know, one place or one house. So if they want to do a deed search or want to find out, um, you know, the ownership details, where would they need to go? Um, well, they would go to um, you know, any any uh, deeds office. Um, well, I know each province has one. Um, here in KwaZulu Natal, we have one in in Peter Maritzburg. Um, I know Pretoria has one. There's one in Johannesburg. There's one in Cape Town. Um, so each and every province has one. Um, the difficulty though is that you sometimes find that it's quite far away from you because there's one you know in each province. So in that instance, you know, go to your convention. They, they won't charge you an arm and a leg, I promise. You know, I can't exactly give you a figure, but it's, it's really not going to cost you so much. Mm -hmm. um, and if you can, just 
you know, schedule a day, go to the deed's office and say that, you know, you require deed search on the property. Um, and, you know, it's it, 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 it information that they, they will be willing to give mm. to you. It's, it's, mm. it's not a secret. You know, it's not a and, secret. And, and it, it really isn't. I mean, there are even certain uh, portals online where you can access uh, ownership details. You pay a fee. It's a relatively nominal fee. Uh, I think the, the costs probably only stack up if you do multiple properties, of course. But if you're only looking for one property, then the costs are quite minimal. We have a question here from Utsapo. It's, it's twofold. So first he asks, when does the bank start debiting your bond uh, requirements after the transfer process has been completed? And then he says also, how is the deeds office involved in buying a property without a title deed? Okay, so the first question is with regards to your bond, mortgage bond repayments. Mm-hmm. Let's deal with that one first. Um, the, bo- the, the, the bank will debit you once the, the transfer has been registered and the mortgage bond has been registered um, in, in its favor. Okay. As to the actual date, some banks will actually ask you which date and they will actually look at when you get paid because they want to debit as soon as you get paid. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. five, five, five days is, you know, too long sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they will want to debit you, most of them, on the date uh, when you get paid or the very next business day that you get paid. Um, uh, so, yes, some of them will actually even stipulate that. I know... Um, I sit on, on, on certain banks' panels and some will actually make it a condition um, and state that we, we we need, you know, the debit order authorization to be signed for the specific date and you need yeah. to make sure yeah. that the debit order authorization is signed on that day. But the banks are a bit more flexy and, um, you know, they will debit maybe if you say on the 15th, on the 30th, it also just depends on your credit scoring as well and on your, you know, your credit history, how are you with, you know, with your repayments and all of that. Um, so, and as to sometimes uh, the banks have a way of working it out. So if, if, you're, if, you're, if your mortgage bond and transfer registered uh, maybe after the 15th of the, of the month, you know, they may just uh, debit you the on the following month, or if it's if, if, if your if your bond is registered, you know, before the fifteenth of that month, then they will debit you on that month, depending on, of course, when the debit or the or the when the debit order date um, um will be. Um, so the best uh, people to ask about with regards to that question, when you um apply for your uh, mortgage bond and the you know the the, the the you receive the approval and principal from the bank, and you know the processes start rolling, and you know you've signed your bond documents, speak to your banker, speak to your bank. Okay, please tell me, you know, uh, when when would I expect you know to be debited, um, mm-hmm. and they will be able to let you know. Also, once the documents have been lodged in the deeds office because that's a bit more closer to uh, when it will be, you know, registered. I speak to your bank. When, when, when are you going to debit, you know, my account now that it's been lodged? Um, and also another thing that's been, been a bit of a hindrance, summer, COVID-19 pandemic, uh, matters are taking a bit longer uh, to, to register. So the date of lodgement and the date of registration, you know, it's not your typical 10 working days anymore it's sometimes taking longer than that so even for the bank even to estimate because they also don't know when the date of registration will take place 
So it's really just, you know, an estimation, but you would rather ask them and have, you know, uh, a, 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 a bit of an idea of when they will give it to you. And yes, I wanted to get to the second question. The second question was, um, how is the deeds office involved in buying a property without a title deed? Well, the deeds office uh, comes in in terms of they have all the information basically with regards to who owns what property in that property. Okay, so they know all the information. They know all the conditions. They, in fact, um, the, what the uh, a deeds office does now is that they microfilm each and every title deed. Uh, that is registered. They microfilm each and every mortgage bond as well. So they have all the information and they have all the copies that you need. Um, so even in the event where the title deed has been lost, you know, you can uh, genuinely lost that. You can uh, make an application to the deeds office and get a new title deed um, issued by the deeds office, which would then um, validate or basically nullify the old title deed because now a new one would have been issued. Of course, that also has its own processes um, where now it's actually even harder, you know, to make an, uh, to, to, to get a new title deed where you have lost one before you could just, you know, as an owner, just, you know, uh, do a simple application, lodge it in the deeds office and two weeks later, when you've got a new uh, title deed. Now what happens is what, when you've lost an, a, a title deed, you need to make, uh, um, um, uh, not only do you need to make an application, but you need to publish an advert in the local newspaper um, stating that you, as the owner of a certain property, have lost a title deed and, um, you know, uh, you need to get a new one issued. So um, if anybody has any objections, and if there's an, any interested party that has an objection, you allow them time, I think of about two weeks, to object um, um, uh, at the deeds office and say, no, 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 you know, hold the phone. This person actually doesn't own this title deed or uh, 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 we know of certain information with regards to this property. Um, so the deeds office has all the information and, and really it, it, it starts and stops with them because no transfer takes place without the deeds office. Mm -hmm. And before I let you go, any final tips for our viewers at home who are potentially going to be looking at, you know, properties where uh, title deed is a contentious issue or they themselves are in possession of a property where they may not have a title deed or title deed is contentious. Any last tips for them in how to best best navigate it? Um, of course. Um, I know the one thing that I, I normally uh, see is that uh, parties now want to sell their properties, um, but the title deed um, is still with the bank. Yet they finished paying off their mortgage bond ages ago. As soon as you finish paying off that mortgage bond, contact your bank and make sure that they appoint um, a convincer on their panel to cancel that mortgage bond so that you can get your original title deed back. Because, um, you know, banks um, will tend to also lose uh, a, a title deed. So uh, the best place for a title deed to be is with you, its owner. Um, so keep it safe uh, and make sure that, uh, yeah, you, you can you can use it as and when, when you need to. And where you are looking at buying a property and there are certain gray areas with regards to you um, seeing a copy of the title deed, 
contact a specialist, contact a conveyancer so that the necessary deed searches can be done before anything is signed or any property or any uh, 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 purchase price or money is transferred between the parties. And that's a great place to leave it at. The big thing, make sure you contact an expert if you are you know, confused. You do not want to lose any money uh, transferring it to somebody who says they own a property, making an affidavit saying that uh, that counts as you know, a sale agreement. It does not. So do make sure that you work with the you know, right professionals in your property journey. Numbumelela, thank you so much for joining us. It's always such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Good night and good night to your listeners. And that is Unumbumirelo Gulu, who is the founder and managing director at NS Gulu Incorporated. And that's the end of the Wednesday edition of the Private Property Podcast with myself, Uzamandungwa Kumalo. It has been a pleasure to be with you this evening. I'll be back on your screens tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. But at 8 p.m. this evening, you can look forward to Estee Klassen bringing you the first time home buyers show. Until then, hoping you're staying home and staying safe. Come <laughs>